Alrighty guys, welcome back to Brolosophy, philosophy through the eyes of an idiot. That idiot is me, and that idiot is proudly supported by Yeti. So why is Yeti worth it guys? It's a premium cooler company. Their coolers are, let's be honest, more expensive than the rest of the shitty coolers on the market. So why is Yeti worth it? Well, firstly, you get what you pay for. A high quality cooler that you never have to replace. Guys, everything that you buy in this day and age is crap. We are consumers, we are not owners. We consume things, products, clothing, um, services. So that's a bad example. But we are not owners. So a cooler like a Yeti cooler is something that you can own for a long time and you'll never have to consume another one, if that makes sense. Superior insulation. A freezer quality gasket and supreme insulation power join forces to deliver unmatched heat and ice retention. So, everybody's been at that party where the beers have gone cold. Oh, damn it. All right, let me rephrase that. Everyone's gone to that party where the beers have gone warm and, uh, you know, you won't be going back to that party the next year, let's be honest. There's nothing worse. So, superior insulation from Yeti. Um, that's, you know, another reason why Yeti's worth it. They're virtually indestructible. This one I really like, guys. So, Yeti have told me 100% straight down the line that these cools have been attacked by bears, chucked out of moving trucks, hit by semis, dropped out of planes, and are still game for more. Now, I've been working with my mate Clay at Yeti, who, uh, who, who, who's my you know, touch point down there, and I've been asking him every week that I want proof of Yeti coolers versus bears. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, three or four Yeti coolers versus a bear. It says bears here. I would actually really think that one bear versus, it would take probably five Yeti coolers to, to beat a bear, I would say. But look, I, well, I, I'm still trying to clarify this this because I don't want to bullshit you guys. You know, I don't want to pull the wool over your eyes. It, it says that these coolers have been attacked by bears and, you know, and they're, they're game for more. So I'm working hard to get you the proof that you need. Um, and, you know, stay tuned. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll have something for you on that one. So, five-year warranty on all hard coolers. Proof that our, their products live up to their customers' expectations. Good, good. To learn more about Yeti, guys, head to yeti.com.au forward slash bro. We are also brought to you today by True Protein. Head to trueprotein.com.au forward slash bro, and you'll get 10% off all of their supplement range. I'm not going to do a big read on True Protein. They've been a sponsor of us for a very long time. If you've listened to this show before, you've probably heard me say it a number of different occasions. And that is that they are simply the best in the business. So we love being supported by the best in the business. Yeti are the best in the business. True Protein are the best in the business. And that makes for us for very, very good business. Also, head to athena.co for 20 hours free of our virtual assistant services. So... Guys, basically, what is a virtual... Oh, damn it, Siri. Siri keeps jumping in and trying to tell me what's up. Um, so what are virtual assistant services? So I actually despise the term virtual assistant, but for lack of a better term, we're going to use it. It's our search term. It's the, it's the common term that would refer to what we do, but I really don't like it. Virtual assistants... A virtual assistant is somebody who works inside of your company from abroad. So basically the reason why people would do this is when you're growing a young company, it's hard to scale your team 
Um, you know, it's hard to be a startup and be one, two years in, whatever, and have money to fork out fifty, seventy thousand dollars to grow your team. So that's where we come in. We can help you grow a team member in a quarter of the price, really. And but we don't deal in virtual assistance. That's for lack of a better term, that's what we do. But we really don't. We actually deal in just putting a really talented part-time or full-time team member into your business. And they might be an administrative assistant. They might be a content producer. They might be um, someone who's in HR. They might be a business development manager. The term virtual assistant is a bullshit term. It devalues the person that is on the other end that's working. It's the term that is frowned upon. Unfortunately, for us to grow as a company, we need to dominate that search term in Google. But as soon as somebody becomes a client with us, I tell them to scrap that term, delete it from their vocabulary as soon as humanly possible because it's just it's bullshit. People work virtually all over the world now. And I'm not only talking about people in underprivileged countries, people in Australia, people in the US, people in the United, uh, United Kingdom. They work remotely and they're no different to anyone else. So um, the term virtual assistant just needs to be trampled on and, and squished and squashed and scratched out of it. But to get 20 hours free of virtual assistants, head to athena.co, that's Athena with a Y, and in the inquiry box, put the code BRO and you will activate your 20-hour um, trial. So... Anyway, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. officially recording. Amy Hazel, welcome to the show. Welcome to Brolosophy. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. So you're called the um, world's pole dancing unicorn. Yes. Wow. That's a crazy nickname. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of um, came about because a few years ago I used to dye my hair all rainbow colored. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know, someone one day was like, oh, you look like a unicorn. And then it stuck from there. Like, yeah. so it wasn't my name that I gave <laughs> yeah. myself. No, nah, that's real arrogant yeah. to do that. You can't I'm, really go around <laughs> giving yourself nicknames. I'm going to be the... <laughs> yeah. You guys can call me... Uh, oh, is that your nickname? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. His name. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Amy. Like, wh- what's your... Uh, who is... Um, who is Amy Hazel? Um, yeah, what do yeah. you what do you do? Tell me about yourself. Um, so, uh, I mean, let me start from the beginning. I grew up in Hong Kong. I was raised there for fifteen years. My mm-hmm. parents still live there. Um, I came back here for boarding school. I danced since I was six years old um, in all different styles of dance. And then when I was eighteen, I heard an advert for pole dancing, and mm-hmm. I was like. I want to give this a go. And so I tried one class and I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't lift myself off the ground, um, but I saw what the girls were doing and how they could move their bodies. And I was like, I want to do that. So I signed up for a course and I um, 
I worked my way up to the highest level of the school that I was at. Mm -hmm. And then I went to England for university for a year and I wanted to do um, lingerie design. So Mm -hmm. designing swimwear and underwear and corsets. Um, But then I got one year into that and was like, not for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I quit, then moved back to Hong Kong and had that moment with my parents being like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my (laughs) life. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, well, why don't I make pole dancing a thing? Because I was really good at it and I loved it. So I started teaching in Hong Kong and um, built myself back up and uh, then started competing. And then once I started competing, then the sponsorships came and the people started following me and then all of a sudden... Yeah, Pole here I am. Is your life. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's and, great. Yeah. That's a really cool story because mm. a lot of people would, um, a lot of people find you know something that they're super passionate about, and then it goes in the too hard basket to really have a crack and yeah. you know make it their life. But um, that's pretty awesome that you've been able to do that. Yeah. Is pole dancing? Is that like a? I have a um, one of my best buddies. I was best man at. at um, his wedding, him, him and his wife, and his wife is mad for pole dancing. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's crazy. Absolutely loves it. Yeah, but I feel like it's a new sport. Would that be fair to say? Well, when when you're coming from an outsider, it can seem like a new sport. But mm. once you're in it, you know that it's been around for many, many, many years. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and especially like the schools around Melbourne have been around for at least twelve. Yes. Oh, um, that's relatively new, though. It, I mean, it, it is relatively the new. Olympics. But- <laughs> They're about sports that are thousands of years old. True, true. <laughs> you're like, well, it's been around uh, well, forever, mate. You don't 12. know what you're talking I about. Mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're diving back and back and back into strip clubs, like that's yeah, been around yeah, for many, many been, years. Yeah. But as a sport, <laughs> I guess it is fairly, fairly new. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely skyrocketed pretty fast seems and it's it, becoming yeah. much more well-known as a sport and yeah. yeah it just seems to be blowing up you know mm. there's a few things that i see that i didn't really used to see very much in the past i was talking to a guy um last week about esports he was in here and esports is growing really really fast and i start yeah. to, i'm starting to see it all over the place something yeah. that i'm very interested in i'm a big fan of the ufc and mixed martial arts and that's yeah. like blown up you know, but I've seen, yeah. I've been along that, you know, that journey. Yeah. But um, yeah, pole dancing seems to be another one that's just super, super popular. Is it growing yeah. rapidly in participation, um, stuff like that? It is growing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's steadily growing because I feel mm. like it, you have to be a, a certain type of person to persist with it because it's mm-hmm. painful and it yeah. takes a lot of energy and um, it's not for everyone. So yeah. a lot of people try it and then maybe five percent stay with it because yeah, it's, really because it is painful and you have to be able painful. to sit with pain like skin burn and oh, yeah. like bruising oh, and i can imagine the yeah. skin burn the yeah. inner thigh burn yeah, yeah. Oh, the like, worst place to have skin burn <laughs> exactly and yeah. like the first few like beginners classes people are like does the pain go away <laughs> and you're like oh sometimes <laughs> yeah you're like yeah, yeah. maybe man. yeah <laughs> or like it'll go oh, away right. there and then you'll find a new place yeah, to have that yeah, same yeah. burn yeah it'll so. take it'll go away in three weeks yeah actually. yeah and then the other place will hurt more yeah in three weeks um yeah interesting yeah because i think um i feel like sports that have a if a sport's easy to pick up it's good at the participation level at the start but then mm. it's not kind of engaging forever in a day like yeah um I'm a weightlifter, Olympic weightlifter, uh, Olympic weightlifter. Um, not as in in the Olympics, but yeah. the sport of Olympic weightlifting. Every time I say that, people are like, "You're in the Whoa. Olympics." I'm like, "No, I'm not." Um, but uh, yeah, so I yeah, I'm a weightlifter, and um, it's very, very, it's a very difficult sport. Yeah, very, de- very demanding, and so forth. And and I got a lot of mates that are really into jujitsu, and I feel like, but I feel like their sports, and I sh- I'm sure pole dancing 
would be the same where once you start to see improvement, you get really hooked. Would that yes. be fair, fair to say? Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and the great thing about pole dancing is there's different ways to achieve things or there's many different things that you can achieve. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like in weightlifting or something like there's a specific move and there's one way to do it whereas in pole there's a there's a specific move but there's like maybe 10 different ways you can get into it or make a change of it and it will look like a different shape so um and not only if you if you can't do a trick then you can work on dancing or you can work on stretching or Mm -hmm. a flexi move or a strong move there's like so many different elements that if one isn't your style try another Mm. yeah so just to um just to dive into that just for a sec so I can understand a pole dancing, co- pole yeah. dancing composition. So you've won lots of awards and so yes. on and so forth all, yeah. all around the world um, in, in dancing. So uh, pole dancing. So when you have a competition, is a routine something that you build yourself or do you have to follow a set number of tricks? and Like gymnastics kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like because ice skating, for example, is your own routine, right? Yeah. Like they, people come out and they plan behind the scenes what they're going to do and then they come and blow the crowd away. Is that similar pole dancing or yeah. is it more structured? Yeah, so, so it's it's all your own choreography. You can either get someone to help you do it or yep. you do it yourself where um, since I danced since I was six years old, for me, cre- like creating a routine was um, my favorite part. Cool. And then, um, yeah, there's like you have a set amount of rules. So there's like flexibility tricks and strength tricks and um, dance and – uh, like showmanship and so there's like elements of the judging criteria that you want to fit into yeah. but it's your own choice of what you do oh that's great um, yeah so in a, in a competition there's a spin pole and a static pole um, mm-hmm. so one that turns when you move it and one that stays still uh, you have to use both and you have to do dynamic and like <laughs> there's so many elements to it uh, but a routine is about three and a half to four five minutes depending mm-hmm. on the competition mm-hmm. um and yeah you're judged on on your variety of things that you do yeah cool mm. so as a um as a pole dancer competitively what does the training in the week look like are you doing um obviously technique stuff and actually the routine and being upside down and twirling stuff around and all yeah. the crazy stuff yeah. that you do on the pole um but how much like um strength and conditioning flexibility um how much of other styles of training do you do? So when I was um, in my peak training for comps kind of season, I would be I would be weightlifting just for some even strength because yep. pole is actually quite one sided. When you're when you're standing on the side of the pole, you use one muscle to do one thing mm-hmm. and the other to do something else, but you're mm-hmm. not leveling it up. So yep. I found weightlifting was very um, symmetrical. Yep. Um, I would then do running for cardio. So I'd listen to the song that I was going to do and mm-hmm. I would sprint to the parts when I was doing my pole combos and then mm-hmm. jog when I was doing the floor work. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would I would train my combos during the week and then I would train the dancing separately and then not until the week before would I kind of put it all together. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But flexibility, I've, I train after running every day and um yeah i mean i used to run a lot and now i don't yeah yeah. running sucks yeah i got over (laughs) that (laughs) i don't like it i used to love it but uh i only run with my dog now just when he's annoying me and i want to (laughs) work um yeah cool so so when you're taking it seriously what does a competitive season look like um oh i mean 
back when I was competing, there wasn't as many comps as there are now, Mm -hmm. but I would pick a few comps that I really wanted to do for that year. And then I would pick themes that I wanted um, to do, but I'd try and space the comps out um, to give me a few months to prepare for each rather than back to back. Uh, There was one year that I did a couple of comps back to back, like a week apart Mm -hmm. and different routines for them. And my, uh, I just lost my, spark for wanting to do yeah, competitions for sure just felt like oh, just yeah it's so too much yeah it's too much. Way too much yeah you mentally build yourself up and you even um physically you're yeah. totally battered yeah. I, I, I don't know i've never danced around on a pole but i'd imagine <laughs> it would be um yeah i can just relate to weightlifting for example you know uh, your central nervous system is trashed yeah from from you know yeah but um, i would i would assume it'd be very similar for pole dancing because you really yeah. ex- you really squeezing all the juice out of your energy systems it's, I it's guess, high intensity yeah, and yeah. full body like it's it's insane how much effort it takes and mm. i've had friends that did their routine on stage and came off and they were like throwing up in a bucket <laughs> backstage and it's, it's just like <laughs> oh, man. insane what that's we do crazy. yeah that's crazy so so now um so you're not competing as much now no no yeah. so i've uh as of last year or yeah, last year I kind of said I was not going to do many comps yep. anymore. Yep. I won the comp that I wanted to do. And then after that, I was like, okay, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, suckers. And while I'm on top. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just grab my trophy. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So is it because, um, is it just too hard on the body to maintain a, a, a long career in pole dancing? Or? Yeah, I found that, um, I mean, I, I had a history of being in an eating disorder and yep. I found that my body hormonally never got back to normal after right. dropping so much weight and then coming back to um, normal, like healthy weight. Healthy weight. Yeah. yeah. And then I dropped again. Like I used to find reasons to go back into my eating disorder because yeah. I found it easier to dance and train because I was lighter. And yeah. so like, I just kept playing tricks on my brain <laughs> yeah. and then I was like, this would be good for my sport progression. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. And then I would like start dropping weight, like tremendously. And I was like, Oh, I have abs. Like I'm athletic. Yeah. But it was really kind of, playing on my on my eating disorder and mm. I was I was using it hand in hand so I was like that's enough I can't keep doing this I need to get my health back in order yeah. um and yeah so I've taken more time for myself and diving more into um researching about the body and mm-hmm. getting to know that stuff I'm also studying to be a naturopath yeah, so cool. yeah I'm at uni at the Southern School of Natural Therapies mm-hmm. Um, which I'm loving. So yeah, That's a little right. change of direction. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, but you have a studio, right? Yeah, it's yeah, called Blackbird. So you, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So you're still super heavily involved and you would dance all the time and exactly, be around it, right? Yeah. You're just not competing. Yeah, I'm not competing. Yeah, oh, and I, I'm, cool. I'm teaching my five classes a week and mm-hmm. um, managing the studio with my um, with my partner. And yeah, it's it's still a lot, but less than I was doing. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, yeah, you talk about, um, you mentioned before that you had a, um, an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of dive into that because it's the whole eating disorders, mental health. There's a, if there's a through line through the, this podcast, it's kind of like understanding the human mind, you know, mm-hmm. the people that come on. It's, that's what fascinates me the most is how mm-hmm. everybody's mind works for the better or for the worse, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, a lot of us have 
issues with mental health or eating disorders mm. and, and you know your mind can play funny tricks on you and that's that's for sure yeah. so um so i didn't really ask um because we just jumped in the conversation and so forth a lot of the time i give someone a little bit more of a chance to you know tell us about their background and stuff but mm. you said you grew up in hong kong yes like what was what was your upbringing like and what well, i mean leading into yeah getting yourself to a position where you're in an unhealthy place yeah so um so yeah i grew up in hong kong and <clears throat> I felt like it was good and bad in many ways. Like I, I felt that the multiculturalism of Hong Kong was really um, beneficial to my to my life in the future. Like I feel really open to people's um, diversity if yep. they want to do something. Like I'm not judgmental because yeah. I grew up with so many different races yep. and people and religions That's and great. stuff. So it was really good in that circumstance. But in saying that... Um, there was just as much bullying as there is anywhere mm-hmm. um, in high, in high school. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I was bullied at school, and um, someone called me a fat, ugly, pale B I T E. You can swear if you yeah, want. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, yeah. From got that, you with all of them. Yeah, fat, she just ugly, a fat, pale ugly, bitch. pale bitch. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, of right. it. And like, like oh, yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> it was like a quadruple shot. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. oh my god. So from that day, I was like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> I'm going to wear makeup. I'm going to um, put on fake tan, and I'm going to be, be the really nicest nice. person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I can't be any of those four things. So I literally like from that day, I was like, okay, I'm going to walk to school. I'm going to walk home from school. I'm going to do four hours of dance classes. I'm going to work out in my room. I'm going to not eat anything. I'm mm. going to yeah buy all the makeup and tan and like straighten my hair. And I changed everything about myself because yeah. of that situation. And I started to lose more and more weight and my mum was getting really concerned how old were you i was 12 12 right yeah and was this was this ongoing bullying or it was one thing that kind of just um it was a little bit of bullying and one thing that kind of straw that broke the camel's back or what did it look like it was it was a little bit ongoing um it started like on msn (laughs) messenger back then yeah online Online, and then at school she like she would start like shouldering me down so this is one person yeah she would bully you online because i always i never have dealt personally with online bullying um and i want to understand so this particular person would reach out to you on msn messenger yeah. in a direct message and go yeah. hey you suck your fucking yeah ugly. yeah what yeah oh my god like, and i would Find just be sitting in my room do. i know and oh, i would be like play lemmings or something <laughs> just so exactly <laughs> yeah. so heartbroken yeah. and i was solitaire oh and then i would go to yeah which i used to do yeah. um i'm and just thinking I, of games <laughs> around the msn messenger stage or know? like that what is that bomb one mind, mind sweeper oh so much fun <laughs> yeah i never knew how that game worked for about the first five years of play <laughs> i'm like what do all these numbers mean yeah yeah <laughs> Like closer, yeah. Um, so yeah, then I would go to school and it would just continue and like, it was just horrible. And I horrible. I just, I wanted to change everything about myself. And once I started losing weight, like she started not um, coming near me anymore. And like people were then commenting being like, oh, wow, you're looking good mm-hmm. because I'd lost like a little bit. Yeah. And then it just got extreme. Like, yeah. so when people were complimenting saying, wow, you're looking good, it kind of like spared me on to go further yeah. and keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I lost a heap of weight and then um, my, that was at the time when my mum was looking to send my brother to boarding school here. Mm-hmm. And I went to have a look at the um, school with my brother and I was like, mum, when can I start? Like, I just want to leave Hong Kong. And mm-hmm. so she ended up signing me up too and I moved over. And once I did move over and I found a good bunch of friends in Melbourne, I started to just self like 
mend and yeah. I got better in my own way because I was around nicer people and yeah. in a yeah in a better environment but um then I got to year 12 and I'd started to put on more weight than I felt comfortable in and then it kind of those things started coming back into my mind yeah. um and I started wanting to throw up my food so then I started um purging and and making um like coming into bulimia and so this is different so originally you would call it maybe anorexia anorexia yeah. yeah yeah anorexia and, and exercise yeah. yeah and yeah. then um bulimia was second and the things that went in my mind then were it was like mind games the whole mm. time um like i felt bad on myself because i wasn't strong enough to just do what I did before and be anorexic. Like I wasn't strong enough to restrict. I still wanted to eat, but then I was throwing up and then I started to be like, okay, I'm only going to use this bathroom. Or then I would do it somewhere else and I'd be like, okay, I'm only going to use these two bathrooms. Like, and then it got to the point where I was like, okay, well I'll do it everywhere except for these three bathrooms. Like it was like, I was just trying to justify what I was doing to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I, what happened then? Then I went to England for university Mm. and it just went downward spiral because the energy, like the energy over in England is just so down, like, and depressed. And my... Do you just mean the the miserable palms? Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) I I was like, no, but it's true. (laughs) I was like, now I understand. (laughs) I got lots of pommy mates who are all miserable pale bastards. Because, like, you know, you'd catch up with a friend. It is a miserable place to be. I I love London for the six weeks in the year that it's really lovable and great to be there. Yeah. But I've been there in September and October, not even winter. I've been there in winter, but not even in winter and it's like, fuck, this joint sucks. Yeah. It's just over cast and cold and miserable and everyone yeah. responds to each other in the same like they the the moods follow the weather pattern exactly sure. like a lot of places but yeah yeah mm. but like I, I remember catching up with friends and it would be like hey how you doing you know like in aussie we'd be like yeah, yeah good they'd be like oh this thing happened and yeah. i'm like oh okay <laughs> like it was never like a happy like yeah. You seem very bubbly too. You, yeah. you're, very, you're very like, hey, how you going? What's up? Mate? What's up? <laughs> and you know, the thing like is, it'd be hard to. Yeah. Be that, yeah. Like people over there would be like, you're so different. And I'm like, why? Because I'm like cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, it just oh, kind shit. of like took me down like a stronger <laughs> spiral. So you were there for a year. I was there for a year. And this was right in the midst of your bulimia. Yes. Um, your bulimia period. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have been really difficult. Yeah. So did it you got fi- really Did you manage bad. to find friends there? Like, did you manage to. Because a year is not a long time to kind of yeah get in find like you have people you can rely on and trust yeah. and you, i'm sure you have lots of people you could be friendly with but did you find it difficult to get in there and so i made friends quite easily but the one person that i really connected with um only a few weeks later did i find out that she was also bulimic oh, so right. then we kind of just both were like just, pulling oh. each other down <laughs> like it was just like Strong you know up. if she was sick i'd be like oh it's okay don't worry like you don't have like Fuck. we can we Man. can work it out together and Bo- it would just parties. be it was just <laughs> bad and i was oh, like yeah. at first That's i was so like maybe this is good like yeah. we'll help each other get better yeah, and then yeah. we were just getting worse oh really <laughs> yeah yeah. So you just enabled each other and kind of made excuses for each other. Yeah, and, and we were like, oh, it's okay, don't on. worry. Yeah, yeah, right. When really it was, a, yeah. Far out. Problem. So you're not a very, um, you're not a very large 
no. human being in general. <laughs> um, I would say, but yeah. what what did you? Because you would have been similar. You'd have been the same height, right? Yeah. yeah. What, what did you? How skinny did you? So get? I was thirty seven <coughs> kilos. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was wearing like kids. It's about. It's about a computer yeah. and a half. <laughs> it's a laptop and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like I was wearing kids aged nine clothing. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was 21. <laughs> like that's, yeah, Shit. saying something. Oh, so yeah. Did, so did the the whole um, English experience, did you actually enjoy it over there? Would you say before like for um, your 12 months that you were there? There were, I mean, there were elements that I did enjoy. The, the other people that I met and the the partying and the uni life and mm. the things that I studied were really interesting but yeah after that year I was like I can only just see this going worse and worse so yeah, right. I had to tell my dad that I didn't want to continue with the course yeah. um so once I did that it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders and mm-hmm. um when I moved back to Hong Kong and I had that crisis of what, what am I going to do mm-hmm. my mom had secretly booked me in to see a um nutritionist yep. <laughs> and <laughs> at first I was like how dare you like <laughs> I don't I'm need anyone fine. yeah, yeah man, and I'm then bloody, I'm wearing size nine yeah <laughs> size, size nine years of age <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then um yeah once I saw her and I connected with her. I was like, okay, maybe I do need this. Yeah. Yeah. And she helped me. So when you are bulimic and you're, you know, 37 kilograms mm. and you've been in that, um, in that state of mind for 12 months or 18 mm. months or whatever you said, and you sit down with the nutritionist, how tough is it to understand what you're, the position that you're in? Is it, is mm. it like denial? Uh, and like, how hard is it to pull yourself? you know, pull yourself back to a healthy lifestyle. Was it a real Yeah, it's it's thing? it's a real denial because, you know, she would say, who do, like, what celebrity do you think you look like? Mm-hmm. And I'd say, you know, maybe I was like, oh, Eva Longaria. She's like, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you look like a stick figure. Like, yeah. you look like a lollipop. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, no, like, I'm definitely her size. And then she would, she would kind of put into reality what I actually was and... Um, and yeah, it took a long time to feel like that was true. Yeah. Um, but then she would she would kind of give me tasks to do each week. Like, you know, this week you need to eat a pancake or like uh, something that I feared to eat. Yep. She was like, this week you need Chocolate to eat bar. a fear food. Yeah. yeah. And then I would come back the next week <clears throat> and she would weigh me and she'd be like, you know, you're the same weight or you even lost like 500 grams. Like, yeah. so you, the thing that you were scared to eat doesn't make you balloon and yeah. all of a sudden become fat. Like it's yeah. nothing, it doesn't make you change as a person. You're still you. Mm-hmm. You don't, you can't blame the food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny how, um, how we view ourselves or the, like I, I, I've always been a healthy eater and I've never mm. had any issues with, um, with, yeah, um, eating disorders. But I, it's funny, I, for sure had at least some form of body dysmorphia growing up to a degree. Mm. Um, not trying to like get in on No, no. <laughs> but, um, I'm sure that like, I mean, I feel like 98% of the yeah, world does like yeah, for sure. at some point. Well, what I would do as a kid, I would, this is probably like 15 years old to probably, I reckon 22, 20, 22. I would, um, I would go into the bathroom like five times a day and and sit and stand on the scales or like I'd mm. go to the I'd go to the bathroom like wash my hands or like have a shower I wasn't really like making 
direct trips to go to the bathroom. Maybe yeah. I was, I can't really remember. But I reckon five times a day, I would get on the scales yeah. to see what I weighed because for me, it was the other way around because guys want to be like big and Muscular, strong and tough. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, um, and I think it, for me, it was just like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone movies growing up. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. If you want to be successful and like have a happy, live happily ever after with the woman who gyms, you have to be big and muscly and strong. Mm, mm. Um, and I, it never really went anywhere for me but to weigh yourself five times a day and hope that you're putting on like, mm. and be stoked if you're putting on 200 grams is not healthy. Yeah, no, you know no, I mean? and that's yeah. not possible. You yeah. can't do that in a day. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. So it's funny, um, yeah, how the mind yeah. plays tricks on us. So how long was the whole process of getting to back to, when, did, when, did, when was the point where you would say to yourself, all right, cool. I feel like I'm healthy again. Yeah. So I saw that nutritionist for about a year, seeing her twice a week physically yep. and then emailing her every day. Oh, that's um, a lot. It took that's a heavy, lot. Yeah. Heavy, like heavy work. It, at any point that I had a meal, I had to email her because yeah. I was so anxious about what I just ate. Really? Yeah. Oh, like right. it was struggle. And she would email ah. within like two hours easily and Good then just help me. Yeah. She was the savior. Yeah. Um, so... After about a year, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm on the right foot. I'd put on a, like a bit of weight. Um, I was still skinny, but yeah, it was uncomfortable for me, but I sat with it and I was okay. Um, so then I started to like look more into um, the reasons why I want to be getting bigger or like put on weight because yep. um, originally my hair started all falling out and just because of lack of proteins and lack of things and my nails were shedding and my skin was dry and I grew like this little fur layer over my whole what? body. <laughs> yeah, it's like the coping mechanism yeah. of being like skinny. You're turned into a werewolf. Yeah, like to stay warm. Um, oh, and so, Is that what your body does? Yeah. Your body that goes into shock and because yeah. you don't have fat and muscle to keep yourself warm yeah keep your bones warm really it you starts start to, to grow hair yeah whoa yeah just that like fur insane. like it's a soft little fur really yeah that's yeah. fascinating jeez the human body's switched i know <laughs> so yeah, okay. um so i wanted to so one of the things my nutritionist was like what what do you want to do and i or when was your happiest moments and mm-hmm. i was like my happiest time was when i was pole dancing mm-hmm. and she was like well you know, in order to pole dance, you need to build muscle, which means you need to eat proteins and yep. fats and things like that. And I was just like, okay, okay. So I have to like focus on like, I want to pole dance, therefore I need to eat this and this and this, yep. or I want my hair to grow back, therefore yep. I need to eat this and this. So I, I needed to focus on that end goal yeah. um, that kept me going. Yeah. Because otherwise it was like, well, what am I putting on weight for? Yeah, you had like a performance base. Well, I suppose with the pole dancing stuff. Not a performance, but like, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You had yeah. tangible goals of things that you wanted to achieve rather than just you want to eat so you put on weight, which is something that you've always felt the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Like I never wanted to eat to put on weight, but <clears throat> yeah. I wanted to eat to be able to have the strength to pole dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. It's like you had pole dancing then. Yeah, yeah. Really, it something was, to yeah, it was great. anchor yourself off yeah. in terms of a goal and, yeah. and, and what have you. Um, so what is, um, <clears throat> what is, I guess... What does health and fitness look like to you now as a general mm. sense? You know, you seem very upbeat and healthy and, yes. and happy right now. <laughs> yeah. um, what is, you know, what is your, is it still uh, an ongoing struggle? Do you ever have tough times so, and, and how do you stay on top of everything? Yeah, so 
through so after I, I had that phase and I felt okay then I got into competitive pole dancing and I was good for a while until I felt like I was not doing it for me anymore and I was yeah. traveling the world like I traveled the whole world teaching classes yeah. and um it got to a stage where I was like I don't want to travel but I was like overseas and I just felt like a caged monkey where mm. it was like I'd arrive somewhere, I'd teach my classes or I'd do a performance that they wanted me to do and then mm. I'd go back to the hotel room and the next day they'd pick me up at this time and I'd teach my classes. And I was like, I literally feel like a dance monkey. Like yeah. go out, they? do your thing. Um, just like studios whoever around the world. You. Yeah, whoever, whoever was hosting me. Yeah, like okay, sure. they're beautiful people and like I got to see a lot of the world and mm -hmm. they showed me around mm -hmm. but like... I didn't... Was it good for you? Yeah, I didn't feel like for me, I needed to do that stuff. Um, so, I there was one point where I used to use my travel as an excuse to not eat because I was in different places or I was transiting. So, I would just starve myself again. Yeah. And so, it, I had another episode of low weight um, a few years ago, maybe four years ago, when I dropped again to about 40 kilos. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was like this means I'm not in a happy place. I'm mm, not doing mm. something that I want to do. So I decided to like say no to a lot more teaching opportunities. Yep. Um, and I was like, I just want to focus on me again. Um, and then I found my, like I met my boyfriend and like I've, we've bought a house together and now I, I feel happy and I feel like I don't have to prove yep. my pole dancing or my worth to anyone else. Yep. Like I feel grounded and good. So now I focus a lot more on my um, my mental health and like my intuitive eating. Like I read a lot of books on like the anti diet, the the um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts about women's health and mm -hmm. anti dieting culture and things like that. What's so anti dieting, man? Anti dieting <laughs> is like getting rid of the rules that everyone's ever instilled into you. Yeah. So things like you can only eat three meals a day. You can. Mm -hmm can only eat this many calories a day you can um can eat, food. eat yeah eat this but not those things <laughs> yeah, like yeah, just yeah, yeah. get rid of all the rules and just like eat when you feel hungry yeah and eat whatever you want when you feel hungry yeah it's funny how many ways there are out there to eat though yeah like you listen to <clears throat> one <clears throat> like the game changers for example yeah i haven't even watched that documentary yeah. but i fucking know exactly what's <laughs> what going on in about. the yeah <laughs> no like the argument versus this side versus that side yeah and everybody's talking about it and it you know, there's so many different ways to um, to eat. Jordan Peterson, do you know Jordan Peterson? No. Uh, he's a he's a um, he's an author slash um, he's a university lecturer slash author. He he basically he's a real smart dude. Yeah. Who went on Joe Rogan's podcast one time and then blew up and became a worldwide phenomenon who travels yeah. the world telling. He's basically like a new age philosopher. Yeah. Yeah, and it was all because of Joe Rogan's podcast. It's right, funny. Right. Yeah, yeah. But but Jordan Peterson's um he's written a couple of books uh, in the last couple of years. He's quite good to listen to. Um, but the carnivore diet, like the meat only diet. Yeah. He um he eats meat with salt on it three times a day. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like it's just a slab of steak with with Whoa. a little bit of salt on. It. And because he's so popular, everybody's like, oh my god, the meat eat the carnivore yeah. diet is the new rage and blah blah. blah. 
It's just, um, I don't think we actually know anything about anything. No. I think, yeah, I think it's all... It's so funny because like yeah. as a kid, they're so intuitive. Like they eat when they're hungry, they stop yeah. when they're full. Mm-hmm. But like just growing up, you just start to in, like ingrain all these little like habits or like rules, regulations, finish your plate before you can have dessert. Yeah. Uh, like just so many things that you don't think are going to play a role in the mind, but mm. they all have impact. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you start to become more strict and more strict, and then next minute you're you're really struggling with knowing what to eat, when to eat, and why yeah. why you're eating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think um, yeah, I think most people should be able to find a really nice. Uh, I think if you're eating relatively good food, unprocessed food, and you just eat whenever you feel hungry, then you should basically win the game. Yeah, you know, I, I know for a fact myself. When I'm training, I try and eat a lot, you know, because yeah. I've got a fast metabolism, so. To be a weightlifter, I always have to overeat yeah. much more than what I would normally normally would to start <clears throat> to stay big enough for my weight category. Yeah, because I'm yeah. it's a, it's yeah. So, um, but even like um, when I'm not really training super hard or in the past, like I eat way too much food. I don't yeah. eat the amount of food, but I've always been the opposite of you. Yeah, I've always been like oh, I need to eat lots of food to be big and strong. I remember um, when I was younger, I I um, had a coach and. I went and did, I was doing CrossFit for about two or three years there. I was competing and all that stuff, just like local competitions. Yeah. And I remember I went to this competition and um, wasn't strong enough in a couple of the events. Like I just, it was like I could do all these skills in like the second, third and fourth stage, but the first and second stage, it was like a strength element and I couldn't pass it. Yeah. And I came back from that competition. I said to my coach, I was like 25. Yeah. I'm 33 now. And I said to my coach, um, I was like, hey, mate, um, I'm never going to a competition again and not being strong enough to do something. And he goes, all right. I said, what do we need to do? And then so he changed the programming because I'd like, I'll do his other cl- uh, classes, but I had my own programming on top. Yeah, yeah. And he told me, um, <clears throat> he told me, he gave me the program and he's like, all right, cool. What's your diet like? And I said, oh, I eat this, this and this. He goes, okay, I want you to eat sweet potato with every meal. I'm like, yeah, okay. He goes, and are you lactose intolerant? And I said, no. Nah. He goes, drink as much milk as you can drink in a day every day and I was like I can drink a lot of milk he goes do it it. (laughs) so I reckon for the next nine to twelve months nah probably six to nine months yeah I drank three to five liters of milk every day oh god yeah and you know what oh my god I still drink about a liter of milk every day (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) it's just because I'm like I'm ingrained it's ingrained in me to be like Extra calories need to be big and strong. Yeah. Need to keep your weight on. Whatever. I drink fucking heaps of milk. So I've probably got to be. I've probably got the opposite problem you have. Yeah, yeah. You're like <laughs> you should keep be eating, eating. Keep eating. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's so funny. And I don't need to eat that much. Like when I don't eat, when I eat half of what I eat normally, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, it's probably yeah. better for the body because I don't yeah. have to process um as much food and it's not working as hard all the time yeah I think I mean I think the biggest thing about like having a starvation mind is like you're always judging the other people's food as well like you're like how are they eating so much and they're like this and blah 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 or like how can they eat so much and why can't I eat so much and yeah you're just always judgmental of Mm. other people so Mm. I used to find it hard to watch someone eat less than me that meant I had to eat less than them because <laughs> yeah, I was like, like yeah, it was always a competition <laughs> with the food. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But when I met my boyfriend and he trains a lot, like he does marathons and yep. um, triathlons and he just eats everything in the house and I'm yep. like, okay, good. <laughs> like, I don't feel bad about now eating all everything <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, that's good. Oh, cool. So you mentioned um, 
nowadays you like to um, learn about and put time into your own mental health. So yes. what does that look like to you? So every time I drive, <laughs> I listen to a podcast um, about yeah about mental health or what yeah. podcast? Um, what are some good ones you listen uh, to? I mean. I listen to a few mental health. The ATP Project, I listen to a lot about naturopathic stuff. Um, I listen to a lot of women's ones, which are like Fertility Friday, which Mm -hmm. talks about hormones. And Mm -hmm. um, what's the other one that I listen to? Yeah, they're they're mainly like women's hormone Mm -hmm. podcasts um, because that's the main thing I'm focused on. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But like there's a few that are really like that I listen to constantly. Um, But yeah, I'm all on Fertility Friday right now, which is like, yeah, it's... um, because it's not just about fertility. It's about like everything to do with women's hormones and yep. essential oils that help and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a brand called um, Kin Fertility. Have you seen it? No. Uh, it's a new brand. Um, <clears throat> do you know Koala, the mattress company? Yeah. There's a dude, Tim Doyle, and um, <clears throat> I got introduced to him the other day through like a mutual friend. Um, so, he was the head of growth at um, Koala. So, they're like, they're worth like, they turn over $150 million selling mattresses or something and he was like the main catalyst and he yeah. broke off and started a company that um, <clears throat> that basically like a venture capital company that they're funding themselves and the first two brands that he launched were Pilot Health, men's health, um, uh, e-commerce men's health brand for like erectile dysfunction, hair loss, yeah. um, weight gain or whatever and you can, it's like, you can do it discreetly and then yeah. they've just launched um, Kin Fertility and it's like, a, ah. yeah, it's a brand for women's health. Yeah. Um, it's called Kin.Fertility on Instagram. Yeah. You should look it up because you would like it and yeah. the brand will blow up because Tim Doyle's really good and he's yeah. just, and I like what they've done with the pilot health and the mental health on the guy side. Yeah. Um, it's following the, do you, have you heard of um, Hims for Hims uh, for Hims No. It's a, <clears throat> yeah, it's a company in the US that has a similar model to, um, Pilot Health, the men's health, the online men's health. And then, yeah, they've just they've just launched their um, online women's health. So yeah. you should check it out because it'll yeah. be a really cool brand and they're really content heavy and yeah. and um, you just you just like it. Yeah. It's so, it, I mean, it's, me. yeah, it's so interesting what the, what like <clears throat> your food intake can do to your hormones. Like, I mean, in men as well, like people who are under eating, it's like things won't work anymore. Like yeah, your right. body tends to go into shutdown, so it's starvation mode and like the only things that they want to run are like your heartbeat and your lungs (laughs) and then the rest start to slowly shut down. So So what are the ongoing issues that you've had from the time? Um, So I haven't had a menstruation for 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's one thing that I'm battling at the moment. Uh, my hair's finally grown back, hair which is, luscious. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's nice now. So that was like my number one priority. I was <laughs> like, right, would, avocados sure and salmon. Yeah. Oh, really? Avocados and yeah, salmon? Yeah, oh, the oils. Cool. I've got such a thick hair. I love avocado and salmon. <laughs> yeah. So the oils were really helpful. Um, and uh, what else? Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, receding gums from the throwing up and like gum damage from all that. So that's never really going to come back. Yeah, the acid through the mouth. Um, So that's something I'll have to deal with and keep monitoring and make sure that, yeah, dental, yeah, dental checkups. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you Um, really pay for it, don't you? For mm, years down the line, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I have no idea what like issues I've done with my stomach or like my liver or anything like that. So those, I guess, will show up in the future, but... Yeah, as long as Fingers I stay crossed. on a good path Fingers now, crossed, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I can make it all go away. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, but um, I was interested uh, more so as well. Um, 
we got off track to, to I want to know more about the mental health stuff you said you listen to podcasts yeah. about um, but is there anything else that you do on a day to day basis to be on top of you know being um, the best version of yourself and so yeah forth? I mean instead of like making myself do something like go to the gym or run or like those things that I used to be like I have to do these things mm-hmm. it's now like if I wake up I actually check in with my body and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling sore. Like, I don't need to run today. Like, I'm just going to stay at home, maybe Mm -hmm. have a home day. Um, Or I go for a walk in the morning and just slow, leisurely, like, just, like, nothing strenuous or you know like sometimes when you're exercising and you're like i don't want to be doing this it's like yeah. don't do it like yeah. you don't have oh, to do I've it so <laughs> yeah Fuck, like yeah, if just... you want to get stronger and you're in that mind frame you're like yes i just want to get this like go for it but mm. if you're like i don't want to be doing this mm. don't do it <laughs> yeah we're very similar i reckon in the yeah. way our minds uh, minds play true i'm all i've i used to tr- just feel like I've got bugs crawling under my skin if I haven't gone and like lifted yes. weights in a day or whatever. Yeah, I used to be um, like that. <laughs> I, I'm a little, I'm a little like that, but I'm a, fair, I'm a fair bit more relaxed, relaxed mm. now. Yeah, what else? What else? Um, uh, I mean, I've just been <clears throat> like when I when I do do my research or I look or look at pod, uh, listen to podcasts or read books and stuff. I I make sure I take note of the things that really stand out. Things mm-hmm. like. Um, uh, like body scans, like actually checking in with the body, doing yoga. Um, I did my yoga teacher training last year, which oh, was cool. really helpful. Sweet. Like philo- philosophical talks and things like that were mm-hmm. really, um, made you really think about why you were actually doing things <laughs> and yep. um, puts your life into a bit of a perspective. Yep, like, so you're good. looking at it from an outside box. Um, and yeah, and taking a, taking a step back, like when you're going to make a decision or you feel impulsive to do something, take a step back and be like, why am I actually doing this? Mm. Like, do I need to be doing this? And um, yeah, listening to your body a lot more, um, just through mindfulness, like sitting still and sitting with the uncomfortable yeah. and telling yourself it's okay to be uncomfortable or it's okay to do mm. nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and do you med- so? Do you meditate? Do you yeah, meditate I mean, bit? not in the form of like sitting cross-legged, mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. but more like throughout the day, spending time to check in with myself when I do have a moment, like yeah. when I'm driving in my car, no one's with me, so I can be like, okay, how am I feeling? Yeah, you know, and then yeah, yeah. Just I guess checking that's in. the difference between mindfulness and meditation. I guess yeah, that's just having mindfulness. I guess I would say yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. meditation is then like sitting on. Yeah those thoughts yeah that's right for a longer period of time yeah 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 that's cool but i also do like non-strenuous things like knitting or drawing and and things that aren't so body strenuous but i can focus on one thing and just do well but meditation is the art of focusing on one thing yeah it's not actually sitting with your legs you know like people think of meditation as sitting and that's the best way to explain it you know i'm not having to go yeah Yeah, But but it's um but yeah it's the the art of just focusing heavily on one thing you know that's yeah. why things can be meditative and that's like what you're talking about I guess is like you know for you knitting and drawing is like yeah. being in the zone and focus and yeah. meditation normally is yeah just focusing on the breath but um but it seems like you have um yeah other ways to to get that yeah um, stillness I guess and 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 getting that. I don't like the word flow state. I don't like that term. I just have a yeah. problem with it. Everyone says it too much. <laughs> flow state. <laughs> yeah. Have you not heard that no. term? No. <laughs> oh, when you get in flow. When people are like, oh yeah, you know, when I get uh, in flow. And I I'm get just, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's yeah. when you kind of just 
in rhythm with life and you're just focusing on whatever. But it just gets over you. So yeah. I like to yeah. But I did anyway. So Like get in the zone. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah, cool. So I'm just checking in on the time. So <clears throat> as far as any, um, any young guys or girls mm-hmm. out there um, that are going through a similar thing that you might have gone through, so mm. whether it's any sort of um, you know, body dysmorphia or eating disorders or whatever, mm. what would you say would be... Not even young people. I think I said young yeah. people. People in Anyone, general. Yeah. yeah, people in general. What what advice would you have for somebody that's going through a real rough trot in that regard? Um, I think by by delving down and seeing what actually caused the problem in the first place, um, and seeing what in your life is out of control that you feel the need to control that, mm-hmm. because food is in your own control. So what I found was when I wasn't in control. That's the thing I could control. Mm-hmm. So find out what isn't in control that you can work at and change, um, whether it's yeah people you're hanging out with, environment mm-hmm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and doing a lot more research into the, I mean the health outcomes of being in that situation. Like there's really nothing good that comes out of being yeah. and in the deprived state um and there's no end goal like uh, there's no end result you're yeah. never ever ever skinny enough or yeah. small enough yeah. or big enough you mm. know it's just a it's an ongoing battle so if you find a goal that's actually like tangible and mm-hmm. livable and um working towards a better future try and hone in on that and mm-hmm. not focus so much on on the f- food food should be social food food, yeah. food should be food you should never have to earn your food yeah we're human beings that survive on calorie intake yeah. <laughs> because that's how we run our whole body runs mm-hmm. so we should never have to earn our foods or um yeah or restrict it or mm-hmm. have boundaries or rules like it should just be there yeah that's cool. That's good advice. Mm. And then what does the future look like for you then? So you're still um, very heavily involved, obviously, in yes. pole dancing because <laughs> yeah. you've got your studio. And are you um, looking to like uh, expand your studio, coach? Like what does the next five, ten, whatever years look like for you? What would you yeah. like to see? So um, my boyfriend and I run a retreat in Bali once a year. Um, we yeah we did our first one last year so again this year and that's more about mindfulness and Mm -hmm. ways of thinking and um so that's yeah that's one of one of the things that we work on each year um and then yeah just building the studio up and training my the other instructors to become better trainers um I still love coaching and I still love dancing so I'm gonna do that for a as much as I can. Um, but ultimately, maybe when I finish my degree in naturopathy, maybe writing more um, blogs about naturopathic mm-hmm. herbal healing, things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to work clinically, but I want to yep. work like kind of globally, like yep. in, interwebs. <laughs> Through your own brand. Kind yeah, of thing. Yep. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, and then maybe a family in the future. <laughs> cool. Sounds yeah. like a good plan. Yeah. Well, um, I have no further questions. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amy, thanks, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, lastly, sorry. Yeah. Um, nearly forgot. Um, so where can people find you? People that yes. have found anything interesting, you know. So um, my Instagram, I use as much as possible. So that's Amy Hazel 92 
Um, So that has, I write a lot of blogs recently on that. So little like captions below the pictures, um, a lot about mental health and identity and those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Alternatively, my website is um, hazelmovement.com. So if you want to email me or like write to me, you can go through the, um, the link there. Uh, if you wanted to come to my studio, Blackbird in Cheltenham in Melbourne, <laughs> come visit, have a class. Yeah. Cool. Those are the three. All right. Great. No worries. Well, Amy, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And that's a wrap. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please subscribe to subscribe. You can do it on all of your listening devices. You can subscribe at Bill Kurt TV at YouTube. And <laughs> that's it. Also, don't forget to support our sponsors, yeti.com.au forward slash bro. Check out trueprotein.com.au and use the code bro there for 10% off. And for 20 hours free of virtual assistant services, head to athena.co, that's A-T-H-Y-N-A.co and use the code BRO when you inquire. Alrighty, see you next week.